WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD. My name is John Paul, the car doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Sunday morning. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we can fix uh, Jesse's headphones at the same time. I don't know. Maybe we should just buy you a new set of headphones. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, idle, idle promises, you know. Well, wow. no, you said it on the radio, so it's. I did, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be true. Be sending yeah. you an invoice, Abs- yeah. absolutely. Hey, um, you know, vehicles vehicles are certainly aren't getting any cheaper, and you know, it's way cheaper to fix an old car than it is to buy a new one. Uh, but if you haven't, if you have a car, why not try to make it last as long as you can? Now, can you know? I remember, oh, I th- you know, I was a teenager, so that would be like a million years ago. Um, I was standing in a parking lot looking at an old Pontiac, and it wasn't all that old. It was probably mid-60s. And everybody was standing around staring at it, and I kind of walked over and said, what's everybody looking at? And they said, uh, you know, this this car is pretty amazing. It's got 78,000 miles on it, and the valve covers have never been off. The engine's never been rebuilt. And that was a 60s car with a V8 engine, didn't work very hard, and it was a big deal that it got 60, 70, 80,000 miles without a major repair. I mean, it used to be we did valve jobs at 30 or 40,000, did engine overhauls at 100. But today we're seeing cars that are considered low mileage that have 100,000 miles on them. And we're seeing cars that are routinely going two and 300,000 miles. But it's not often we see cars go a million miles. And with us on the phone is Ben Welch, and he drives a Chevy Suburban. And Ben, your Suburban went one million miles and still going, right? It's still going, John. It's still running just like it did when I bought it new back in 1994. And the idea that you had you had a, a little bit of a problem with this somewhere at three or four hundred thousand miles. Where uh, what happened? The engine overheated or something? Well, yeah, and uh, uh, people think, oh, I went a million miles, what what a deal. Uh, to me, that's the small part of, of this story anyway, because when it had about 400,000 on it, and I'd had nothing go wrong up to that point, and uh, we have family. I live in the central, uh, well, I live in Nebraska, and we were visiting in um, Oklahoma July 4th. Coming back, um, I, I we got up to Joplin, turned north at Joplin, and for the next 110 miles, uh, well, right at Joplin, the air conditioner quit working. And um, I was just waiting for my wife to say something, and she did, of course, because oh. it was getting really hot. I mean, it was really, really hot even when we uh, took off from uh, Oklahoma. And uh, as it turned out, it, uh, it was 106 degrees at the outside air temperature. But anyway, from uh, Joplin, Missouri, all the way up almost to Kansas City, well, about 110 miles, it felt to me like the road had uh, ruts in it. And it was a well-traveled road. And I thought, wow, uh, Missouri needs to get out of here and fix this road. It, this is a major highway. It's actually Interstate 49 now. But uh, anyway, right before Kansas City, the, it goes, uh, there's just a little jog to the east before it turns back north. I could hardly steer around that jog. And I finally glanced down at the gauges. And, of course, the heat gauge was buried in the red. The alternator was buried the other way. 
well, oh, man, I've ruined this engine for sure. And so about that time, the, the sign on the highway said Harrisonville, two miles ahead. So I didn't even slow down, kept going 75 mile an hour till I got to the turnoff, went into a quick shop there. And when I turned it off, John, that's when it really made noise. I mean, it was so hot. And uh, I finally popped the hood, and all I saw was a couple uh, shreds of where the serpentine belt used to be. Yep. I thought, yep. oh, no wonder, no wonder I lost the serpentine belt. And so a guy out there at the quick shop was good enough to take me over to O'Reilly's. They were still open, got a serpentine belt, came back, put it on, and I knew it wouldn't start. It was so hot that uh, my wife was standing outside. She wouldn't even get in the in the Suburban. And so I, I went to turn the key knowing it wouldn't start, but it started right up. Sounded normal. I said, hey, we're okay. Come on in. So she got in, closed the door. I put it in reverse, started back out, hit the air conditioning button again. Lights came on. Belt flew off. That's when I realized what had happened. Clear back at Joplin, the air com- air conditioning compressor had obviously locked up through the belt, and I'd run that crazy thing for 110 miles without a water pump with an outside air temperature that day of 106 degrees. And uh, so... We got it back to uh, Lincoln. That's where I live, and uh, got it back to my just didn't run the air conditioner on the way back, yeah. and so uh, got it back. And my mechanic Randy said, "Ben, he said that thing shouldn't have lasted more than five or six miles. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have an engine, but I guarantee you, you don't have any gaskets left. You better have me change your intake uh, manifold gasket and your head gaskets because there's nothing left of them." I said, "Ah, it's okay." So anyway, and uh, to back up. Um, I, I became familiar with, and this is going to sound like a commercial, uh, John, but uh, I'm just telling you like it is. Way back in the 60s, you were talking about that Pontiac that you looked at that had 70,000 miles or 78,000 yep. people thought it was a big deal, and which it was back then. Um, well, when I got back from Vietnam, didn't have any money, had two small children, and so I was looking for a car, bought a car that was a, had about 90,000 miles on it, and not very long after I bought it, started just drinking oil. It was going through a quart of oil every 50 miles. And so I, I put some STP in the oil. Of course, you're familiar with that. It's a thickener-type product. Yep. And, and it helped. It really did. Took it from a quart every 50 miles to 150. But still, at 150 miles, I was adding a quart of oil. And I'd had it to two different mechanics. Both of them ran the compression check. And one cylinder had no compression. It was flat. And both those guys told me I'd have to uh, overhaul it. Well, I didn't have the money to overhaul it. That's why I was just trying to get by and i about that time i ran into a guy and and um, he was telling me about these products and they have a product well they have products bumper to bumper but the very first one i put in the engine was a, a product called tko it's an engine oil conditioner not a thickener about the same weight as regular 30 weight oil uh, but the reason it works and what happened was uh it went uh after i put it in there right on top of i think i was using pens oil at the time uh, along with the STP, and it went 400 miles before it was down a quart oil. I was kind of impressed. I put in fresh oil, another pint of this product, and I added my first quart oil after that at 1,400 miles. I never had to rebuild the engine. So um, I got kind of excited about it. And the reason all the products work, uh, they were developed by a guy named Harry Conklin, and he invented what he called a polar molecule, just like two magnets will attach themselves together yep. because of the difference in polarity. Well, that's what's blended into the entire line of the, the lubricant products. And so they actually seek out the bare metal, work right into the metal itself, and in the process, lift off any sludge or carbon or varnish. 
that's in that system, be it a crankcase or gearbox, hydraulic system, cooling system, whatever it is. And so, uh, so that was my my first uh, uh, introduction to to what I've been using for 50 years. And I I got an account set up with that company so I could buy them the best price. And so I've been using them ever since. So when I bought the 94, of course that's what went in went into the vehicle. And uh, at 400, I never had a problem. And so um, I cannot to this day believe that I didn't recognize what was going on as I was driving that 110 miles. I should have recognized what was going on, but I didn't. Uh, I guess I just, after after 400,000 miles and having no problems, I just couldn't bring myself to believe that the problem was with the Suburban, okay? So anyway, uh, when my mechanic warned me that I better change the intake manifold gasket and the head gasket, I said, ah, it's okay. And so, uh, but it did start, you know, I just kept going. And uh, it did start using a little water, a little antifreeze. And they have a product called Dyke, which is a, a stop leak. And so I put that in there. But about 240,000 miles later, it was using too much water. And I came in one day. I said, Randy, how long do you say it'd take you to change that manifold gasket? He said, ah, two or three hours. I said, I think we'd better do it. So he changed it out. And he was right. There was nothing left of it. Hmm. And uh, so we, <laughs> we put on the new manifold gasket. And he said, you better have me change your head gaskets because they're going to be the same way. I said, ah, they're okay. Well, he was right because in another, about another 30,000, those went out. And um, so I had to have uh, uh, new, I had to have the head gaskets replaced. And actually, John, it turned out to be uh, kind of a good deal because it gave us a chance to look inside the engine at 679,000 miles. And at 679,000 miles, there was nowhere on those cylinders. There wasn't even a ring ridge at six hundred and seventy-nine thousand. So, uh, so let's see. That was what three. It's got over a million miles on it now. So that's three hundred and some thousand miles uh, back. I was, I was going to say. So you went three hundred thousand miles without doing any real work to the engine after it was hot enough to cook a burger on top of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, actually, that's pretty amazing. Actually, see. Well, the, the, it really happened at four hundred thousand. Yeah, uh, was when the when I screwed up so bad and wasn't paying attention. Um, so don't do that. I mean, <laughs> pay attention to your mechanic. Uh, don't don't be stupid like I was. But but anyway, yeah, it's it's gone another. That was at four hundred thousand. Then the repairs, the gaskets were at six hundred and seventy nine thousand. I think it was. So yeah, another three hundred some thousand after that. But what now- I do. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, what I do, um, my maintenance routine is uh, they have a product, um, a fuel conditioner, that I use every time I fill up. Okay, just an ounce per 10 gallons. And I'm sure that product in the upper uh, solar region, along with, uh, I use a product called Convoy Oil. And it's got that polar molecule in it. It's a parasynthetic. Uh, those two products, I'm sure, were, was why that thing didn't melt down running it that hot for so long but i run the run the uh it's called fuel mate it's just an ounce per every uh 10 gallons every time i fill up and then every every five thousand miles uh i add a pint of of, of a fuel system cleaner just one one pint that's all all it takes because the fuel mate keeps it uh probably 90 percent clean anyway uh then also at five thousand miles uh, I I wrote I have the tires rotated and balanced, 
and I for long life uh, uh, I learned the hard way. The very very first set of tires on that uh, uh, Suburban they were Michelin's. Uh, they only lasted about thirty eight thousand, and that's when the tire store said, "Ah, you ought to rotate and balance these every five thousand. So I started doing that, and incredible longevity out of the tires now since I started doing that. But then at ten thousand, it's when I changed the uh, oil uh, and the filter at ten thousand. And uh, I also have it greased at 10,000. Now, the oil will go a lot further than that, but I didn't want to go further than 10,000 without having it greased. And incidentally, my very first front-end parts went on that Suburban at 892,000 miles. Uh, and that's because they've got a product called Rhino Grease, and it, uh, the water won't wash it out of the out of the, out of the uh, greaser and that. So anyway, uh, so that's, that's my uh, maintenance. Um, and, and I changed my filter also at 10,000 miles. I changed the oil and the filter at, at 10,000 and have it greased. So uh, that's, that's basic. And, um, John, the, the, the timing chain is still original. Guys have asked me, well, how many times have you changed your timing chain? It's still, that, that cover has never been off. Still mm. the original timing chain. So, well, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing story. And the idea that, well, first off, that you you take good care of your vehicle, I think, you know, makes a big difference. And even though you had a problem with the vehicle where the belt jumped off and caused it all to overheat, like you said, was it a result of, you know, this oil? And, and oil, and a lot of people don't realize oil adds 25, 30% to the ability of the engine not to overheat. So uh, being down just a quart of oil, you know, can cause the engine to run 10, 15, 20 degrees hotter, and people don't people don't think about that. And the idea of these products that you use in Conklin products, you know, out here on the East Coast, I can't say I've ever heard of them. And then I looked up, when I knew you were coming on, I looked up Conklin, and they're into just about every business product I can imagine, everything from from uh, industrial roofs to agriculture to animal stuff to automotive they're they're a, they're a pretty diverse company that sort of sort of handles all kinds of different stuff yeah they uh, have a five or six major product divisions and actually the lubricants were the was the very first division but their distributors have come up with uh, suggestions and that's why now i i think the the biggest is actually the commercial roofing uh, uh, part of our business, and then the uh, we've got a lot of records in the ag industry uh, for yields and so on. That would be number two. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, and animal products, and they they've all. See, I've been with it since uh, for I don't know fifty some years now, yeah. fifty two years I guess, and so I've seen these things come on gradually. But I think the lubricants are still my my favorites because it, um, because of <laughs> my initial. Uh, uh, experience with them you know they they just work they really really work and have so, uh, have you or your mechanic randy ever sent your oil out to be analyzed to see you know if you know look for wear and tear or anything that's happening inside the engine just to see how long you know like you said you change your oil every ten thousand miles but just to see you know what what it looks like after ten thousand miles Oh, yeah. Um, and if, in fact, on this Suburban, I did that the first four or five times and just got tired of it because same every time. And, John, I've got a, I've got a fellow I know down in Kansas City. He has a, is it the 7.2 seven, seven or 7.3 seven 
the best, probably the best uh, diesel engine Ford ever made. I think it's a, is it a 7.3 seven, or 7.3? Seven, 7.3, seven, anyway. seven, 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 yep. 7.3. And uh, anyway, he ran this oil for 160000 before they finally told him it was time to change it. Same oil for 160000 uh, it just it dramatically recre- decreases the wear, just now, dramatically. Now, are these products sort of like, and I'll use Amsoil for an example, that they're distributor-based so you, you don't see them in retail stores? You, you need to find someone like you who sells the products? Yeah, that's pretty much. Now, we do have, uh, we are a little more commercial, uh, well, especially when you get into roofing, that uh, type yep. of thing. But on the East Coast, uh, there's. I'm not surprised that you haven't seen it. It's basically Midwest, although it's starting to expand out now to different parts of the country. But I'm not a bit surprised that you've never run into it. Quite frankly. Hmm. Yeah. It. It is. Uh, I've. I've heard the name, but you know, it, it's just. I guess because I. I tend to shop in regular auto parts stores. I don't. I've never seen the product, you know, sitting on the shelf next to the Pennzoil or the Quaker State or whatever it is. So, um, I I hadn't heard of it. But it's amazing that I guess oil has been around as long as it has, and even though this product's been around as long as it has, it it's it's made differently than conventional oil is, which, like you said, adds to that benefit and adds to what you know, potentially led to the longevity of your engine. And you were um, you were kind of invited out to the headquarters for the uh, million-mile birthday, right? <laughs> yeah, they found out it was getting close to a million miles. And so uh, what they did, they, uh, they had me come down um, to their annual convention. And um, I think there was like, I don't know, 1,500 people there inside this big auditorium. It was actually down, uh, some, somebody got the idea it was in Arizona. It was actually in Branson, Missouri. And so what they did, uh, uh, they had me run the Suburban into the convention center behind some curtains off to the side of the stage. And then uh, right at uh, uh, when they wanted to uh, present the uh, the Suburban, they had me drive it in right, right next to the stage. And the day before, we'd actually gone out and they wired me up with a GoPro camera and, you know, there was a, a video guy and an audio guy with me, and so uh, uh, it shows it actually turning over that million miles. And then they played that just as I drove into the convention center there by the side of the stage. And uh, a lot of people, they had a time just right, John. A lot of people thought it was live. It wasn't. It was a. Mm. It, it wasn't live. It, it happened the day before, but uh, they did a great job of, um, of really presenting that million miles. But uh, as, as I said, uh, to me, the million miles. You know, from what I saw at 679,000, the lack of wear in that engine, you know, back when you and I were kids, uh, 100,000 was a big deal. I don't see from, yeah, and from the lack of wear that I saw at 679,000, despite the terrible, um, uh, um, despite how bad I'd mistreated the thing, okay, I see no reason why an engine couldn't go a couple million miles. Really, I'm, I'm serious. From from what I saw at six hundred seventy nine thousand on, on this thing, and uh, and the the neat thing about it is what I found over the years is it, it hasn't cost me anything to use the products. You talk about the vehicles uh, costing a lot anymore. Um, I actually did buy a newer suburban three or four years ago. I've got about fifty two thousand miles on it now, but you know ninety thousand uh, that I don't know if you could even buy a, a one that's uh, fitted out. You know, like a Premier or something like that for 90000 anymore. 
I don't know. I mean, you, you, so how many, how many dollars have I saved just, just on new vehicle over the yep. years? Yeah. You know, I, no. I should have. Yeah. I mean, two, three, well, four vehicles. Well, you know, Irv, Irv Gordon, who drove his Volvo a million miles when he had a million miles, I think Volvo gave him a car. Hey, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'd love and, that. Yeah, and I I had Irv on my show years ago when he put a million miles on his Volvo. And then, I don't know, a a decade later, I had him on the program again when he put three million miles on his car. And, and, uh, you know, Irv has since passed away, but I think his car is still running. And his car has, you know, and and three million miles is that little four-cylinder engine in that Volvo uh, has has come apart a couple of times, but he also he was a former former uh, uh, Votech teacher at a school in New York, and he he um, you know he just said it was all about preventative maintenance and taking it easy with the car. And he's he's one of the guys who first I, I don't know if he first told me the the idea. He said every time you start your car up, drive it like it's brand new, like you just got it. And, you know, be easy on it till the engine warms up. And that can make a big difference on how long it's going to last. These people that jump in the car, jam it in gear and push it to the floor are the people that wear out their engines first. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're, you may be one of those kind of guys, too, that kind of takes it easy with the car until, it's, until everything sort of warms up at one time. Yep, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And uh, now, uh, those of us that are married... Um, uh, probably when their car breaks down, <laughs> I shouldn't say it, but maybe it's after the wife's been driving, right? Because they probably won't do that. Um, but but the engine is just like we, you know, if a if a person is running track or whatever, they run a warm up first, and we should be doing that with our engines. Let them get warmed up to operating temperature before you floorboard them, and right. it it uh, it does make a difference. But I was starting to tell you about the products not really costing anything. Uh, when we take in the price of the new vehicles and how much money you save by not having to buy new ones. But on this new one, I've got a, a newer Suburban with the 5, 3-inch, I think it is. Yep. Um, and when I bought it um, on the sticker, the in-town miles is city miles was 14. The overall was 16 and up to 21 on the highway, right? That's what it says mm-hmm. on the sticker, okay? And I got to researching that. And that highway mileage is figured at 55 miles an hour. Who drives 55 on the highway? You know, it just, at least around here, I mean, we're yeah. always 75 to 80 on the interstates. Uh, and even a two-lane highway, you're going to be doing close to 70 at least. Um, so, But that's how they get that 21 miles a gallon. And I don't know how the government allows the car companies to, to do it that way based on 55 mile an hour, but they do anyway. Um in, I've got 52000 on the Suburban currently, and my total overall average isn't 16 like GM said it would be. It's actually 19 miles a gallon, 19.0, and that's after 52,000 miles, and that's in-town, highway, and with the newer ones, with the computers on them, I divided just the other day, I divided the miles by the hours, and I've averaged, in miles per hour, I've averaged 38 miles per hour. So obviously a lot of in-town highway yep. mm-hmm. in those 52,000. But still, I've averaged 19.0 miles per gallon, which is three miles per gallon better than what GM, what their inflated figure says I should get. So 
So uh, that's why I say the products don't don't cost anything. They they weigh more than pay for themselves just off the increased fuel economy. So uh, I know I sound like a commercial. But I've been using them for fifty some years, John. Well, and, and you know, and, 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 and you know, it's it's funny. You mentioned, you know, STP way back when you know you had this car that was burning some oil, and years back, I I, I worked with a, a guy who put STP in his car all the time, and he he was actually the Snap-on tool truck guy who owned the, the Snap-on Tool franchise that came into the shop I worked in. And he and every oil change, he would come in and he'd say, oh, make sure you put the STP in for me. So I would put the STP in and kind of laugh at him and, you know, said, I don't know if this stuff really does any good or not. Uh, but it was a, uh, I, I still remember it was a, it was a, a, an old Dodge with a slant six in it. And he um, was out somewhere visiting relatives and the oil light came on, so he pulled over, pulled over to the side of the road and checked the oil, and the oil level was full, and he said the engine sounded pretty quiet. So he said, you know what, it's probably just a bad oil sender, I'll, I'll just drive it home. And he drove it home, and he brought it, brought it to me that next week sometime, and I uh, pulled the oil sender out of it and screwed an oil pressure gauge in, and it had about two pounds of oil pressure. And I said to him, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but, you know, we're going to put an oil pump in it and hope for the best. But I said, how far did you drive it with the oil light on? And he said, I don't know, probably 150 or 200 miles. And I said, well, <laughs> you drove it you drove it a couple hundred miles with no oil pressure. And he goes, yush. He said, maybe pull a barren cap off just to see what things look like. And we took a quick look. Everything looked fine. Put it all back together. And uh, um, started back up the oil pressure pumped right back up to where it was supposed to be the engine was still as quiet as it was when it came in so everything was good and he attributed it and i have to say maybe um you know you know 100 it was probably it was probably 50,000 miles of oil changes with the with the can of stp topped in every time so the idea that some of these products can add to the longevity and kind of make up some mistakes along the way um, really does work, and and like you pointed out with the Conklin oil products, same idea. It's same idea, yeah, and uh, they they really do work. They really do work. Yeah. So, I I would not feel comfortable driving my vehicles without them, because I've seen over the last fifty years um, uh, how well they work. Yeah. So well, uh, well, you got the attention. I, I posted something on social media yesterday or this morning that I was having you on your on the program and uh and you have a million plus mile suburban and you got the attention of the uh world's largest enthusiast uh gm truck website uh guy a guy by the name of zane merver who runs the the gm truck website and uh you never know he might be giving you a call too to find out about this million mile <laughs> okay. suburban of yours so uh hey uh, and if people want more information about conklin products and maybe where they can find them locally where they are is it uh, just conklin.com on the internet probably the easiest thing uh, uh conklin vehicle products.com conklin vehicle products okay conklin vehicle products.com cuz they have and, five those five divisions but conklin vehicle products.com would probably be the easiest Unless, unless you want to, unless you want to get a membrane roof for your, uh, for your uh, uh, cow barn or something. So <laughs> there you go. 
Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben. I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your uh, your Sunday and joining us on the uh, last day of uh, 2023. Oh, my pleasure, John. Good talking to you. All right. Take care. And uh, uh, 2024 sounds like a two million mile year to me. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right. All right. Take Happy care, Ben. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Right. Bye bye. You too. Ben Conklin. Uh, I mean. Ben Welch from Conklin, who has uh, been running Conklin products in his vehicle and became a Conklin distributor. And the idea that, uh, you know, a million miles, a million miles on any vehicle is a big deal. Uh, a million miles on a gasoline engine, pretty impressive. Uh, so maybe check it out. Check it out. See what, it, see what it's like. And interesting, he said one of the things he does, which I heard years ago, take it easy when you first get in your car. Drive it nice and easy. Um, you don't have to let it warm up. You don't have to sit in your driveway on a cold, cold morning. I know this week's going to be in the 40s, not really cold. But you might get up in the morning. It might be 20 degrees or 25 degrees. Uh, you don't have to let the car warm up for half an hour. Let it warm up for, you know, the time it takes you to put your seatbelt on and, you know, tune to 95.9 and find out what you want to listen to. Uh, but take it easy for the first few miles. Drive the car nice and easy. Uh, in fact, cars like Subaru and maybe some Volkswagens now have a blue light that comes on when it's really cold and it says, take it easy with the car till the blue light goes off. That means the engine started to warm up. It's got up to temperature. Oil's flowing where it should be. But also importantly, oil in the transmission, uh, oil in the differential. Uh, brakes, let those warm up too because cold temperatures, really cold temperatures, can affect how well the brake system works. So a lot of good things you can do just by taking it easy. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. If you want to join us and say Happy New Year, 781-837-4900 is our phone number, 781-837-4900. We're live. We're here on the last day of the year. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Hey guys, it's Lexi James. And we're Cryer Creek. Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio Sundays on 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase on Facebook. And visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tonight from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Let's talk to old buddy Ken from Topsfield. Ken, good morning. And good morning and happy new year to you, sir. Happy new year to you as well. I had a question on a car. Uh, I've got a, an 09 CRV, 144,000 on it, -hmm. and think we're going to be driving it out to Montana, taking it out. And I was, it was within the family. I didn't have any involvement with it, though, and transmission fluid, 
and the, it's an all-wheel drive, the back thing with the axle, whatever mm-hmm. the oil or something, yep. hasn't been changed. I was going to do that. I always thought transmission fluid should be changed in the old days, maybe a hundred thou and a filter. What is it on this car? And is it if it hasn't been done prior to this one forty-five? Is there damage, or is it just doing it would be good for whatever? Can you explain a little well, bit? Well, well, I would do the rear differential fluid anyway. They call it Honda calls it dual pump fluid, and what happens is if you don't do it, it it causes the uh, causes the rear differential to chatter sometimes so i would do i would do that rear pump fluid just because it's it's not it's not that big a deal to do it you got to you got to make sure they use you use that honda fluid as far as the transmission yep. fluid you know this is where it gets a little bit sticky because you know ideally you know honda probably doesn't even have a recommendation for this fluid and it i'll tell you a little story i i somebody asked me this very same question i think it was a bmw new newer bmw and they said well i checked with bmw bmw the dealer says it's a lifetime fluid in this vehicle never change it never have to change the transmission fluid and i said well yeah you know i looked it up and i said sure enough that's the case fluid BMW doesn't. But I said, here's where it gets interesting. The company who makes the transmission for BMW, a company called ZF, says change the the fluid is 60,000. So it's interesting that the manufacturer says 60,000 and the the manufacturer of the transmission says 60, but the car maker says, no, no, leave it there forever. So somewhere in there is the real answer. And kind of the same thing with the CRV is that, yep. um, you know, somewhere, you know, somewhere in there, maybe, maybe you'll find that it, you know, you'll get one of those maintenance warning things that comes up on the dash that says, you know, it's that has a maintenance minder in it, and it'll say, oh, you got to do the the transmission fluid at this time. But generally speaking, and you said this was what a twenty seventeen or fairly new, right? No, an oh nine. Oh nine, oh nine, yeah, oh. Um, but, so, you know, you, but I got you, John Paul. You would change it if it was your car, just because I think you would, wouldn't you? You know, that's where that's where I have this kind of mixed feelings. Where, uh, you know, I look at it and go, you know, there's no there's no problem with it. It's working the way it should. Um, this thing has a this thing has an oil drain uh, right in the bottom of it, which makes it which makes it kind of easy to, you know, change fluid and all. So, you know, you, you typically there's not, there's not a lot. I, I don't even, the, there's not really a, a filter so much on these things as it's just a screen. And, you know, there's not really, there's not really a lot you do to these. And, and as far as, as far as I know, I, and I'm going to say that, you know, Honda doesn't probably doesn't have, um, a transmission fluid replacement on this. I, I want to say it's you know if you if if you looked it up in the kind of you know maintenance schedule and you tried to figure out stuff, I think you'd find out that in fact it says it's never mentioned anywhere where you know the the uh, the differential fluids mentioned you know and there's some other things that need to be taken care of. But at a hundred and fifty thousand miles, if it's shifting the way it should. I think I'd be tempted to leave it alone. Okay. Only because what can sometimes happen, not all the time, but sometimes what can happen is the new fluid 
cleans some varnish that's yeah. built up inside, and it ends up getting jammed in the valve body. And then all of a sudden, your transmission is not shifting the way it used to, and because you've washed away some of that varnish that's in there, and that's caused a little bit of a problem. So, you know, kind of if you did it at every 50,000, 60,000 miles, keep on doing it. But if you haven't done it, I think I'd be tempted to leave it alone. Fair enough. And, and, and one other thing, you were talking to this gentleman, great, great interview with this Conklin products man, not the products man, but the car and lights yeah. and engines. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about additives. And I've always used STP on an old car, 67. Yep. Yep. And on my new cars, I called you, remember, one point years ago, and you said, the new cars with the tolerances and the engines, you're not an advocate of additives. Uh, and I still feel that way because especially things like STP, which is an oil thickener, um, I worry that especially cars that have these variable valve train systems where, you know, you drive down, you know, to take a big V8 engine in a, in, in a truck or something, or even a small V6 engine in a Honda that, that out on the highway it drops to three cylinders or a V8 drops to four yep. cylinders. Um, it's all done through valve hydraulics, and if you use a little bit different oil in there, it can cause a misfire. And even just using a, the different a different viscosity oil uh, in some of the Ram pickup trucks, people that would go into a heavier grade oil, all of a sudden you get a random engine misfire uh, code that would come up. You change the oil twice in a row and put the right oil back in it, and all of a sudden it goes away. So oil thickener products I'm not a huge fan of. Um, things like if you have a you know, power steering rack leak and you added some power steering right. sealer, if you had... Um, if you had um, uh, maybe a head gasket was leaking and you wanted to try, um, you know, one of the head gasket, right. you know, head gasket repairs in a bottle, give it a shot, right. see what happens. But as far as adding an additive to an engine that a newer engine that doesn't need it, I, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't not for preventative right. reasons, only because I'd worry that it would change the viscosity of the engine. It would cause a problem. So some of the products I'm in favor of, you know, Lucas has a has a uh, an, an engine additive product, engine oil additive product that people swear by. But it's typically, you know, engines that got some miles on them and uh, you know are a little bit looser tolerance than than a brand new engine. Brand new engine, uh, you know, and brand new, I mean, something that's, you know, got 50,000 miles or less on it. Uh, you know, fuel additives, absolutely. Add something to the fuel. Right. Keep keep the, uh, you know, keep the combustion chambers clean. But oil additives, eh, I'm a little hesitant on a new engine. I saw it on STP as the synthetic oil additive, but an additive's an additive. Yep. And, and, I, and I remembered us talking, and I've... Stayed away from it, but I was interesting hearing the man today. Yep. And and I it was interesting because I was thinking, wonder about your thinking when he's saying all this, and he was very good. And I think the products obviously work. I mean, yeah. I don't know how he did it, but good for him. Yeah, but you he, know, a million miles on a GM engine that you know GM tests their engines and transmissions, you know, and they'll say, well, they should go, 
you know, 150,000. Uh, well, they tested them to 175,000 miles. I was in the GM engine lab and asked them how long they t- test them. And they said, you know, they put them on this machine that tests them equivalent of 175,000. So anything over 175 is pretty much gravy at that point. But the idea that you went a million miles, and I'm going to attribute some of these million miles to good quality products he's putting in it, but yep. also good maintenance and just a type of driving he does that's good i got a quick quick question now that you've said this just because what's the most mileage you ever got on an engine in a car for you in your life no i'm not not that you know i think uh, i think i had a chevy somewhere when i first got married that i think i bought it with i bought it with seventy five thousand miles on it Later, I found out that the uh, less than honest used car dealer took fifty thousand off of it, so it had more like one hundred and twenty-five thousand on it. And but I drove it another seventy-five thousand miles. So I so I bet real miles it was close to two hundred thousand. Um, I yeah. bought a former AAA minivan that had it had low mileage on it, and I used it. At the time, I was I was uh, I was on the road a lot for AAA. I bet I put another hundred thousand on it. So, uh, but at, when it got close to that hundred thousand, when it got close to that hundred and seventy-five thousand mile mark, I ended up having uh, I ended up having a rebuilt engine put in it. And uh, uh, but uh, that was a V6 engine that typically head gaskets went on them all the time anyway. So I thought I did pretty well getting over one hundred and seventy-five thousand on it. I put a I I had. Uh, at the time, um, a shop in Quincy that I used to buy engines from when I worked in a garage, and I had them put an engine in it for me. It was cheaper to have them do it than for me to even think about trying it. And uh, and, and then I then a neighbor a neighbor bought it and drove it another few years until I don't know whatever happened to it. But um, but I think the most I ever tried to get out of a car was a, a couple hundred thousand miles um but it was kind of funny and i, I gotta see if i can find the message um there was uh, a guy that i used to work with years ago and uh he sent me a message one day because I, I i saw him somewhere and um he had put he had, he bought his old company vehicle and he um it had it i think it had half a million miles on it when he uh i wish i saved the message i want to say it has close to half a million miles on if not more it was a it was a here, here we go what's he say here um he sent me a picture his uh his chevy Let's see. Let's see here. Five hundred and six thousand miles, and um, original ignition coils, wiper motor, window regulators, and then he also puts on uh, even the driver is original. And I commented back, you know, and I said, yeah, most of his most of the driver probably has his original parts, and he says not many. But um, but he worked for Sullivan Tire. He was kind of he was he was a guy I worked with for years when I worked when I worked there, and I didn't work there that long really. But he worked. I worked with him. Uh, this guy uh, Chris Oxner, his father owned a shop down in Marshfield, and um, 
and he he ended up being on the road and the Sullivan family kept trying to give him a new company car and he said no no I want to see how far I can get this one and when he left they gave him the car and apparently 500,000 500, miles on it now so pretty good I love it alright well the very best to you sir and may the next year be a healthy one for you that's all we can help, hope for right Ken you betcha alright take care alright bye 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 I I got a uh, I got a uh, interview request I guess but it's not really an interview I I, I got sent a uh, little bit of a um, bragging I guess uh, Andrew Frick who's the president of Ford Blue and Ford Blue is sort of the PR side that handles um, the gasoline engines and things with Ford but uh, uh, um, Andrew Frick is doing a little bit of bragging. Um, about the new F-150 sales. And we'll play this clip, and then we'll go into a break, and then we'll come back and talk to Mike in Bridgewater. In 2023, the Ford F-Series has taken the truck triple crown, being the best-selling truck in America, whether it's gas, electric, or hybrid. Being the best-selling truck in America for the 47th consecutive year fills all of us at Ford with immense pride. In 2023, more than 900,000 customers chose a new Ford F-Series truck. Think about that. That's 47 years in a row as the best-selling truck in America and 42 years in a row as the best-selling vehicle in the nation. F-Series outsells every car, SUV, and truck on the road. It's a streak that spans four generations and started when I was two and has lasted longer than the entire lifespan of many other popular consumer products, including compact discs and the Apple iPod and the entire video rental industry. And F-Series popularity continues to grow. One key to our success in 2023 and beyond is that customers know that when you come to Ford, you have choices. We understand that our customers have unique needs, whether they're on the job site, the farm, or embarking on a weekend adventure. That's why we're proud to say that the Ford F-150 Hybrid has claimed the title of the best-selling full-size hybrid pickup in America. And our electric F-150 truck, the F-150 Lightning, is the best-selling electric truck in America. It's the F-Series version of the Triple Crown. Being the number one truck in America for 47 years in a row is not just a result of our relentless pursuit of improvement, but also a reflection of the trust that we have between Ford and our customers. We are deeply grateful for the opportunity to serve our customers and are committed to continuing to earn their business every single day. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Since 1986, One Stop Painting has been true to its name. The one stop you need to make for all your interior and exterior painting needs. That's 1986, 38 years. 
Some of our customers today weren't even born when we were painting their moms and dads' homes. And painting isn't all we do. Sure, we can freshen up your house and add some new colors and washable finishes to the walls, but we can also do carpentry, such as adding crown molding or wainscoting, wall and plaster repairs, fixed water and smoke damage. We can even help with insurance claims. For nearly four decades, we've taken on all projects, large and small, commercial and residential, and given you the same one-stop attention to detail, no matter the size or price of the job. We are a family-run company responsible for over 30 employees. Your business helps us take care of their families while our employees take care of yours. Help keep them busy throughout the winter by taking advantage of some of our big seasonal discounts. Call us at 508-888-3500 or check us out online at onestoppainting.com. Talk radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor on 95.9 WATD. Now back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD. Let's go talk to Mike from Retour. Michael? Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Um, pretty well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Um, John, my question, in your experience, do synthetic oils have a different color? And what I mean by that is when you look at them on the dipstick, if they're the equal weight synthetic on them, looking at on the dipstick, and I'm specifically looking at Castrol versus Mobile One. Any thoughts on that, please? Um, I I think some of it's just aesthetics, I guess. I don't know. Um, I know I've been using Pennzoil Platinum mostly. Um, and Pennzoil Platinum is supposed to be made from natural gas. I don't even know what that really means. You know, it's a, yeah, we make it out of natural gas instead of regular petroleum products. And my biggest problem with it is I put it in the engine. I can't see it. It looks like water when I pull the dipstick out. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to top it up to the full mark. And I'm like, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. And where last two oil changes ago, I picked up Pennzoil, but it wasn't platinum. It was the regular synthetic. And okay. it had a little bit more golden color to it. And prior to prior to using Pennzoil, and I don't know why I went to Pennzoil. Um, I I was using I bounced around a little bit, and I used um, I used everything from the Walmart house brand, which whatever they call the Super Tech, um, which I thought was good oil. I had no issues with it, and it had a little bit different color to it. And then there was an oil I used for a while, but it got honestly it got a little too pricey royal purple and um and i kind of liked it for whatever reason i i was it's a premium quality oil and it actually has a purplish color to it but it's a color that they add there on purpose they you know they actually add some kind of dye to it to kind of go along with its name of royal purple so i don't know that the the colors make a difference or the the consistency of it now a blend could be different if you're using a synthetic blend and one of the the little known secrets about synthetic blends is you don't know how much of that blend is categorized as synthetic and how much of it's conventional um a synthetic blend could be 
10% synthetic oil and 90% conventional. I when I think of convention when I think of blends, I think of 50/50, but apparently that's not the case. So you don't really know what you're getting with the synthetic blend. So you might get a you know you might get a, a quart of 5W20 synthetic blend Quaker State and a bottle of 5W20 synthetic blend mobile one mobile if there is such a thing i don't know if there is um and look at them and go oh they look different well that could be the difference in the base product that they're using as it mixes with the um more uh refined synthetic oil and that could be a difference okay. but yeah uh, yeah in my in my case it's 020 to 020 full synthetic castrol versus mobile one and the reason i called you on is when I check the dipstick on Mobile One, it looks much darker, even after castor oil at, I, I hate to say this, more than 10,000 miles. There was a whole memory minder issue that I kept yeah. looking at and realized anyway. But my point is, you know, you look at darker oil and you think, oh, it needs to be changed because it's darker, where castor oil at 10,000 was lighter and cleaner looking yep. than, you know, a Mobile One full synthetic. So, hmm. Yeah, I, I and I, th- I think it's, and I don't know that it's probably, honestly, I wish the Pennzoil I put in was darker just so I could see it better on the dipstick. John, I don't want to say this, but it might be a trip to, like, Ocean State for stronger. Yeah, stronger. stronger, readers, stronger, stronger. You, you, you mean I shouldn't be buying those uh, those three pairs for uh, uh, three ninety nine or whatever it is? So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and you get the coupon, too. That's yeah, even better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All, all right, right. So hey, I Michael. Shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be concerned then. Okay. All right. All right. No, it's all good. Have a, have a good New Year, Mike. Wishing you and yours a, a happy, healthy New Year, John. Thank you kindly. You Ciao. as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, well, the Providence Journal wrote an interesting column or rewrote my column, I guess, this year. And they said, uh, need car repair advice? Uh, Here are the most read car doctor questions and answers for 2023. And before I do this, I also want to say that um, somebody somebody wrote to me and asked me about brighter headlights somewhere, and I said something about a claim of 300% brighter, and I, I said something about by the time you're done, it's 150,000 lumens, and somebody said to me, you're out of your mind, you don't know how to do math, it's only 3,000, and they're probably right, I don't know how to do math. So, uh, But if you see a column, this it has me quote uh, HID headlights and how they're 300 times brighter and you know, comes out 150,000 times brighter. Uh, apparently, I don't know how to do math. And many people have told me that. So, uh, But it says here, uh, need car repair advice, most read car doctor questions. And uh, one of them has to do with synthetic oil. And it says, uh, it says uh, I have a 2008 Toyota Highlander V6 limited edition with only 74,000 miles. It runs great. Can I switch to synthetic oil if I've used conventional oil since the car was new? And is there any advantage of switching oil at this stage of the vehicle's age? If I do switch, I was told I couldn't switch back. Is that true? Um, my answer was synthetic oil has added benefits of improved lubrication, which helps minimize cold engine wear. Also, synthetic oil will help with starting in cold weather and is more resistant to oil breakdown in hot weather. Uh, so can you switch back and forth? Absolutely. It uh, doesn't, doesn't make any difference if you really want to. Um, 
Somebody else said, you showed an article, uh, my wife showed me an old article of yours that says you shouldn't warm up your vehicle in the winter. Kind of just kind of went over that. Why is this case? Will it do any harm? Uh, there's no need to warm up a modern car. Uh, even in very cold weather today, the viscosity is lower. Doesn't, doesn't cause any harm. So uh, somebody else, apparently this was very popular because the truck is popular. I've been looking with interest in the Ford Maverick hybrid truck. I plan to tow a small pop-up camper. What do you think? Um, I think it'll be fine. Uh, the Ford Maverick truck, especially in hybrid trim, is a terrific little truck. Uh, it seats four, gets 40 miles per gallon, capable of towing a small uh, camper. If you want to tow more, you have to go to the non-hybrid version, and you can get that in all-wheel drive. Uh, that actually tows, I think, it up to 3,500 pounds, where the hybrid, I think, only tows... 15 or 1800 something like that maybe 2000 pounds um this person says i recently purchased an almost new 2019 subaru outback uh, i was disappointed to learn the maintenance schedule was shortened by 1500 miles from my previous 2013 subaru the new one has the six cylinder the old one has the four cylinder they're both flat engines uh the new engine requires maintenance at 6000 miles the older one is 7500 um and I think, you know, my answer was, I think you may be on to the answer. The 7,500-mile schedule may not have worked in the past as well as the manufacturer had hoped. All vehicles use oil, and it may have been consumers were not checking fluids as much as they should have. Uh, if the 7,500-mile maintenance worked in the past, why change it? Um, well, that's why. Uh, it just didn't probably work. So um, why not? Why not? That's the best thing to do. And one final one here. I'm considering a hybrid sedan to replace my small SUV. I only drive 5,000 miles a year. Maybe look at it, but do you want to spend the extra money for a hybrid if you don't really go that far? Might not be really worth it. Hey, that music means we need to go. Uh, Jesse, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. All right. And until next week or next year, make sure you hey. wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. If you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down and move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week and next year. Take care.